From Hollywood to you. Thank you for listening to us. Ryan Seacrest. Seacrest. We're on air, on air, on air with Ryan Seacrest. Rams Parade Day. All right, what's the route, Sissini? The route is starting at the Shrine, and it's going to roll to the Coliseum. Right. Where the rally will be in the plaza outside the stadium. So very exciting for uh, that today to celebrate our world champion, Ram- L.A. Rams. Very cool. Sunshine today. Highs around 70. Can be warmer tomorrow and some warmth throughout the weekend. So that's good news. Be able to get out and enjoy it. We are going to bring on after 7 o'clock Alana Haim, whom, if you know Haim's music, great big song with Taylor, great big song with Calvin, and you know the family from San Fernando Valley. Anyway, she has this role written for her in a movie called Licorice Pizza, and the movie gets nominated for an Oscar, and the movie takes place in the Valley in the early 70s, which I was not here for, but it's cool to see. It's incredible, and this is her first time in an acting role. Which I, that's what I'm curious about. Like, how do you know how to create the nuance in some of this acting? Because a lot of, like, when we act, we overact. Oh, I'm terrible at it. Yeah. Right? Like, we overdo because we think we're acting, so mm. we got to make it dramatic. I know. But so much great acting is all in the nuance, the subtlety, and the discipline. And how did she know how to do that? I mean, she's a performer, a musician, an artist. She's a natural. But, Sometimes you're just gifted. Natural. I'm just fat. And, and we have not spoken to any of the family in a little bit. So, so she's coming out with us 720. Best Picture nominee, Licorice Pizza. That's very exciting. Hannah, good morning. How are you this morning? Hi, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Good. So your call, it says here, Tanya, how do, my screen says, Tanya, how do me and my friend start our dear future husband journals? All right, let's get into it. Yeah. So basically, real quick, my friend and I, we're 28, we're single, we're navigating, navigating the brutal dating world. And the other night we were talking about how it's kind of difficult to process your thoughts and feelings after a first date. You know, like, do you have a good connection? Is the chemistry there? Like, what does this mean? And I know Tanya has um, some Dear Future Journal, sorry, Dear Future Husband journals that she's been writing. So I was just curious, Tanya, like, how do you, what tips do you have for getting that started? Like, how do you structure your thoughts on the journals? How do you, like, do you have writing prompts? Can you reframe what the Dear Future Husband journal is, Tanya? Yeah, so this was a journal that I kind of started. I don't really know when I started it in terms of years, but um, I was getting really down about my dating because I felt like I was going on a million first dates and they were all just horrible. And I was kind of going into like a a hopeless mindset instead of hopeful in that area. And so I started writing to my dear future husband whenever when I was going on a bad date, I would come home and I would write in that letter about the things that he would make me feel or that we would do together. And it was more of just like writing about the things that I was feeling and turning them into something into a positive versus what I was experiencing. So it was more like looking to the future and being positive about the bad experiences in a way that kind of put me back into a more hopeful place. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you like have, like, how did you structure it? Did you write immediately after the date or did you let it settle for a few days? It kind of depend on how I was feeling. If it was like a really bad date and somebody 
made me angry i would go in and i would like write in it right away and just say that like my future husband wouldn't make me feel this way or do these things to me if i was like betrayed in a, in a specific way um but, or if i would write in it on certain holidays like on my birthday i would write about my future birthdays with my husband uh holidays that i was spending dear future husband things that we would do on this holiday together i know it sounds weird but when you're doing it it just kind of flows out of you you know, it doesn't sound weird to me anymore. Right? At first, I was unsure of it, but now I get it. Is it because really she has a boyfriend now? No, it just makes sense. She's turning a negative into a positive. She's putting it down. She's manifesting that positive energy and eventually the person. That was the thing I was always struggling with was the, the imaginary person but that's what i'm but saying now, now that she has yeah. the person it's almost like it worked but if she was single i still think you would think it was crazy well no i think i've gotten past the fact that i don't have to call it my dear future wife i can just call <laughs> it my dear future person for me soulmate partner right yeah or you mm-hmm. could just call it a journal if it sounds weird to you to yeah. call it a dear future wife journal no i don't know maybe you're just wearing me down I don't know, like, but all this stuff sounds normal to me now. You're becoming a sap. Look at you. I'm just like, what wearing is, you down. I'm like this. I, I'm like I get it. I get it. Um, Hannah, thank you for calling. Good luck with your uh, manifestation. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate it. Y'all have a. Good- you too. Bye bye. Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes I'm going. I want to fight it. I'm like, no, you don't want to fight that one. You got that. Mm-hmm. Makes total sense. Look at that little hopeful heart of yours. Get it. Huh. Got to have myself checked later. So job recruiters, this is for your resume. Check this out. Maybe you're looking for something. Job recruiters spend an average of just over seven seconds on a resume. So you need to make a good impression fast, bold, fast. They say, experts say, use power verbs, not weak or passive verbs. So do not use assisted, contributed, or utilized. Those are passive verbs. Oh. Not as strong. Assertive verbs are use, executed, achieved, and spearheaded. I like spearheaded. Spearheaded is great. I like achieved as well because it's like, it's very direct. You got it done. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like I I took the initiative and I accomplished the initiative. And it's done, yeah. But that's true. I would never know Strong words, strong verbs help in in speaking and dialogue as well. Right? This is a good hack. Good job. That's a good hack. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. I'll rest now. Today's quote, anything that comes with terms and conditions, it's not love. It's not love. Mm. On air with Ryan Seacrest. Let's get to the headlines, Sisney. What do you have this morning? Well, California is ending the indoor masking requirement for vaccinated people today as the state sees declining COVID-19 case rates. And hospitalization numbers, Los Angeles County residents, however, have to keep masking up indoors regardless of vaccination status. Yeah, speaking of L.A. County, they're going to live its COVID-19 mandate today that requires people to wear masks at outdoor mega events, though, and outdoor at K-12 through schools and child care centers. There will be no COVID-19 vaccination testing or masking requirements at Stagecoach and Coachella festivals. That was announced today. And the Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams are all set. Their championship parade and rally is all set for today in South L.A. The festivities are going to kick off around 11 a.m. at the intersection of Royal Street and West Jefferson Boulevard along the USC campus in University Park neighborhood. The route is going to begin there at 11 a.m. It's going to be about a mile long. 
On Air with Ryan Seacrest. Marcel in Pasadena, thanks for coming on. How are you doing? I'm well. Good. So you're calling to tell us a story. Your dad left your mother for her sister, for your mom's sister. What? Yes, that's correct. So what, how, did that, how did that grow into happening? So my mom, um, you know, she was raised by my sister because my grandmother passed away. So there was 10 kids. My mom was the second to the youngest. Her sister, the second to the oldest. And uh, my mom had got married, uh, had a big wedding, had her three kids, you know, and um, it just started, my mom, it started happening. And my mom said she started having that in, in, intuition yeah. and she would tell her other two sisters, hey, I have this feeling and the rest of her family. And they would always say, like, we can't believe you're thinking that way. You know, it's so bad. We're a family. And then my, my dad's best friend's wife at one time called my mom and said, I know you're feeling this. If you want to know if it's for sure, you'll find them here. So my mom um, went there and she found her sister her sister who walked her down the aisle to marry my dad um, in the car with my dad. I just can't where, where do you it. Where do you go from there? So then what? I mean, yeah, I mean, then after that, that's when, you know, the whole family, it was a big family, huge. Everybody kind of like couldn't believe it. You know, they were still denying it. You know, it was like, you know, um, and then they, my uncle's the one who drove my mom to go find my dad. You know, because my mom went and said, oh, my God, this is what I, they just called me. And my uncle said, you know what? I'm so tired of hearing you. This is her brother-in-law. So tired of hearing you come over here and say these stories. I'm going to take you. So when he took her. He said, I was taking her, you know, never thinking that that would be true until this day. I mean, this happened 40 years ago. And mm-hmm. till this day, my dad is still with my aunt. Um, he left his three kids, which is, you know, myself and my two brothers. And my mom, but, you know, it was the best thing for my mom and for us looking back because my brothers are amazing. Uh, my mom is an amazing woman. She raised us with complete confidence, never having this, like, resentment, whatever. There's a lot of well, backstory to that. I, 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 we're, thank you for sharing that story, and I'm glad in the long run it turned out to be a good thing because in the moment it certainly doesn't feel like that. Right. So Alana Haim is joining us now. In her screen, it says Baby Haim. So it does say Baby Haim. That's what it says. <laughs> <laughs> so we know it's you. Hi, how are you doing? It's definitely me. Hi, I'm good. How are you guys? We are great. We're still just enjoying the excitement of the Super Bowl win. Our LA Rams. Oh my Rams. gosh! I know you, you grew believe? up here. So where did you watch the game? I watched the game in my friend's house, and it was like. It was a nail biter mm-hmm. for a second. Was, and then the thing is, I also had, I think I was watching it on like internet TV. So we were like five minutes behind, behind everyone. <laughs> so like we were all freaking out. We we're like, oh my gosh. And then all of a sudden I started hearing fireworks and I was like, okay. Wait, yeah, there's a lot of fireworks. Well. They're, if they're doing fireworks, it's probably a good sign. I was like, I don't know if you could, I don't know if like sad fireworks happen. Like no one wants like sadness fireworks. That happens to so, me where I'm watching the news sometimes, but I'm watching on a stream and I'm looking at the clock in the corner of the news and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm late or early, whatever it is. And yeah. I realize that the news is eight minutes behind on the stream. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. So I got, I got spoiled by 
the earth. <laughs> so we uh, we have to catch up. We are first of all, congratulations on the nomination of Licorice Pizza, nominated Thank for you. Best Picture at the Oscars. Wow. In your own backyard, this movie. So, Licorice Pizza, which is the name of the movie, also is what uh, records are referred to as, and is a record store in the valley as well. It was. It was like a well, huge record day. store. It was a record store in the valley that I, Sam Goody, had bought it by the time I oh, was wow. old enough to go <laughs> to Licorice Pizza. But they were huge. They were huge valley record stores, and and now the name of a movie. So, we all know your musicianship, but had you done any major acting prior? No. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I'm fully a musician. It was, I never considered myself anything other than a musician my whole life. Um, and then Paul had thought of me for this role and we, and, and he wrote it for me. And I obviously said yes, but it has been like a weird, like, Oh, what is happening? This is, so, this is all too crazy. <laughs> Paul Thomas Anderson, Boogie Nights, Magnolia. There will be blood, phantom thread. How did he write this for you? He had an idea um, of a school picture day. That's like all he had in his mind. And I think we did our, uh, Paul helped us with our Coachella set that we played okay. a couple of weeks ago. And I don't know what I did during that Coachella set, but he kind of had this like, in Jimmy Neutron terms, like brain blast of like, wait, <laughs> I think I could do this with Alana. And then we were kind of just like, I didn't really know anything about it. He's very secretive, which we right. all know. I mean, PTA is a very secretive guy. Um, but he wrote this script with me in mind and sent it to me like a year later. And, and so I that it. puts real pressure on you. He writes this role for you, writes the <laughs> script for you. You're doing it probably on a relatively shoestringy-ish budget. It's shot here in the Valley, and you've never really done a feature before. How do you know what to do? I would panic. Mm -hmm. How do you know what to do? I mean, it really, I was lucky enough to do so many music videos with Paul. I mean, at that point, I think we had done eight music videos together. Um, and so it really did feel like, I mean, we, we, we had never spent that much time together. That's the difference. Right. right. So that with high end music videos, we have no budget. There's no budget for high end music videos. And we have less <laughs> than, I think we have like a, like a window of like eight hours to film a music video. In, and then, you know, then we're done. And for licorice pizza, we had 65 days. So we really got close. Yeah. It was me, Cooper Hoffman and Paul. We were like the dream team during this whole situation. It was so fun. I mean, it really just felt, I mean, it was just great. I knew everybody on day one, which was uh, so, I was lucky. Alana Heim is with us. So what did it mean when you got that nomination for the film? It was crazy. I mean, this whole this whole journey that I've been on has been like full pinch me moments. I mean, it's not, it was the perfect scenario. I mean, not only am I in this movie, but my siblings are also in the movie. Mm -hmm. My parents, parents play my parents. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cooper Hoffman. Um, we had been kind of friends before, so we knew each other. It really did feel like a weird family vacation that we were all on together for three months, but in the seventies, <laughs> we had like right. all kind of like Bill and Ted, like excellent adventure it and like went back to the future just name all the movies about going back in time but we really were just all in the 70s for a whole summer 
And it was so amazing. And getting a nomination is just mind blowing. I mean, I had no idea what was going to happen. And I'm just so happy for my licorice pizza family. It's just insane. No, it's re- it's really cool. And the whole story of how it came together is so special. And now you, so let's shift to music for a second. Um, Haim, I see tickets are available for the Hollywood Bowl. So you guys yeah. are going to do the bowl soon. We're playing the Hollywood Bowl. That's, that's how exciting. That? <laughs> it's so epic. Great venue. It's the greatest venue. And I've never, Essie and Danielle have played with other bands at the Hollywood Bowl. I have never stepped foot on that stage. So it's a very big deal. I mean, I think if you talk to any band, not even just from LA, just any band in general, the Hollywood Bowl is always number one on the bucket list. So I'm very excited that we get to play the Hollywood Bowl. So let me play a little bit. I think he did it, but I just can't prove it. I think he did it, but I just can't prove it. I mean, there's one. Here's another one. Being in Hollywood kind of begs for the right opportunity to invite someone to join you on stage for one or two of these tracks, doesn't it? I mean, I hope so. We'll see. That's definitely <laughs> going to be our biggest show. So maybe there will be some surprises. Who knows? <laughs> um, well, listen, you can get tickets to go see Haim at Ticketmaster.com for the bowl. You have won 11 awards for this role from various critics groups. So congratulations. It's really, it's fun to see, especially some, I know we don't like hang out, but we feel like we do know you. And so it's fun for us to see our neighbor in a way doing all this. I mean, you've been my, you've been my guy for (laughs) So I do feel like this is my family. I'm like seeing my, I feel like I haven't seen you in so long and it makes me sad. I I can't wait to see you hopefully in person soon. Well, we'd be, I mean, we'll have to check our our dates and calendar, but we'd love to see you guys perform and good luck at the Oscars. We'll be watching. Uh, Congratulations, Lana. Great to see you. Say hi to the whole fam. Okay. I will. Thank you guys for having me. Okay. Bye. Bye. She's cool. Very. That's a a great story. And what a fun show that'll be, the Hollywood Bowl. Mm -hmm. Tanya, see, I feel like, remember I was talking about fantasy friends at Sean McVay? Yesterday, I want him to be in mine. I feel like Alana Heim would also be a great friend. You know what's so, I was feeling vibes. She's so, (laughs) like, you just feel like you've known her forever. Yeah. Yeah, but I also really like their music, so uh I don't know if I can get past the fangirl side of me, you know. Yeah, like that's not like, what. That's not great if you're trying to really break through and have real conversation with them. That's why it could be fantasy that, friend. That's right? why it's good to be yeah. a fantasy. Yes. Yeah, because then you yeah, can yeah, play yeah. it out how you want. Totally, totally. Christina, listening to Kiss this morning. Christina, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Doing pretty good as well. Thank you for listening cool. to us. So, all right, I guess we need everybody in on this. The, you're calling about. Something with your boyfriend? Yep. First of all, just say the word boyfriend for me. Boyfriend? Boyfriend. Boyfriend. Okay. Yeah. So say it one more time, Christina. Boyfriend. Boyfriend. That's right. Boyfriend. That's correct. What's the problem? Disney boyfriend. Patty, say boyfriend. Boyfriend. Tanya, say it same. Boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I just spit all over my computer. <laughs> and I understand why. All right, Christina. So what's going on with your boyfriend? <laughs> so I've been dating him for like a little over two years. And 
we recently just decided that um, I'm going to move in with him or we should move in together because I spend the night at his place anyways every night. Um, But he suggested that we split the mortgage payments of his house. And, you know, I have a problem with that. I mean, I don't own the house, so it's not like I'm going to be gaining equity or anything. I'm basically just paying off his house. I don't Uh, understand. So it's not split rent. It's contribute to the mortgage and gain no equity on the property? Yeah, no thanks. What would you be doing if you weren't living with him? Would you be renting? So I do rent right now. And I mean, I'll give it to him that like it does make sense. Kind of. I mean, it's cheaper than what I pay in rent. And it would be weird if I didn't pay anything at all. Like I I want to contribute and I want this to be a partnership. But it's not like just pay for his equity build. But it's like renting. But it's like she's renting space in that house. You can contribute by groceries. Create the asset. But she would be doing that to somebody else that she was renting from. So why not be somebody that you love? Different, different. No, I don't like it. I I look, I get that he's asking you to contribute something, but I think there are other routes, as Tanya was just suggesting. Groceries you can buy. You can offer to pay for some of the streaming services that you guys use. Maybe update some of his. Whose idea was it to move in together? I mean, I guess both of ours, you know, like I said, I mean, we're together. Did he push day, harder or did you push harder? Um, mm. I, I think it just kind of came up and seemed like the reasonable thing to do. And I'm just wondering, did he create this opportunity for himself? Interesting question. Mm-hmm. Doesn't seem that way. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely don't think that we're at the stage in our relationship yet to own a home together. I don't think there was yeah, ill intent um, here of him being like, uh, come on and move in and pay for I my just mortgage. Don't like that. It creates this moment, right? It just created this moment. Now I'm feeling it. second guessy. You're stressing her out for no reason. I'm st- well, I'm not stressing her out for no reason. It's for a reason. <laughs> it's how I would feel. I feel yeah, like it's a no for me. Uh, I think I you like would be paying. No you would be paying the rent regardless if you were it's, renting from a random person who they own that house. You're paying them their rent, and you're they're paying down their mortgage. So you're doing it here. It's already cheaper than what you would have been spending. Right, but in a breakup, he ends up with the house. House, and, and you get rela- nada. You would get nada anyways, even if you were renting. But from you're a not random. in an intimate relationship with the landlord, and you're not homeless after yep. that if you break up. Well, that's a decision in general, pain or not pain. So I don't either don't move in or don't pay anything while you're just testing the waters here or so contribute weird. in a different way. It's still money. Yeah. I- I'll tell you, it's every every next step in a relationship creates all kinds of complexities. And here's one yeah. of them. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? All right. Well, Christina, that's our <laughs> two, four, six, eight. Good cents. luck. Thanks for calling. Thanks, guys. <laughs> I don't like, I think we made it. Worse. You guys were a lot of help. <laughs> glad yeah, I called true. you guys toll toll free there. That was nice of y'all. On air with Ryan Seacrest. Did anybody we we never really I feel like I don't know. We talk so much about Valentine's Day up until Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. And then on Valentine's Day we get sidetracked and then it goes away. And then I think now post mortem Valentine's Day, now that it's gone. Mm-hmm. And I was so about my platform of running for public office and making it a national holiday. But right. anyway, I, I, I forgot. Like- Did anybody really, really get romanced on Monday night? Uh, no. 
No. There was actually a meme. It was Monday night. There was a meme that yeah. I posted on my Instagram Monday night, and it was like a husband and a wife laying on a couch, and the husband's going, Happy Valentine's Day, and the wife's like, Same to you. Yeah. <laughs> both well, just it, on the couch. Monday, Monday disenthusiasm, if that's even a word, uh-huh. everyone about it. Yeah. Well, I did a deep tease. I did a deep tease. I gave him something on Valentine's Day that I will wear over the weekend for his birthday. So you didn't have to tell us. Yeah, I was like, oh, Tanya. It. Just oh. tell us you gave him something. <laughs> All right, what, 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 where, where do we draw the line? With not saying where. Mm-hmm. Oh. I gave him his gift that, as a, uh-huh. that I'm going to give to him later, and he's going to love it. Put a smile on his face. I mean, all kinds of ways to. But you know what? Then we would have had a follow-up now. question, and so she still would have told us. So yeah. I think you no, did No, I don't right know thing. that I would have followed up. I think you I would don't have. know. I know what I'm dealing with here. <laughs> I know when to follow up, and when I know when to hold him, when to fold him. All right, so let's talk about blind dates. They're now at your fingertips through Tinder. So, Sisney, explain it to all of us so we know what we're dealing with here before we give you our opinion. So these are fast chats, and it's through Tinder, and they just, you know, released this blind date feature, which I think is really cool because you won't know what they look like or anything about them Uh, or anything about their profile until you finally match. So what you do is you kind of answer some cheeky questions like how is it okay to wear a shirt this many days before washing it? Or what do you like to put ketchup on? Or just little like icebreakers almost. And then once you kind of follow those and if you're kind of liking their responses, you go into a fast chat. And then at that point, if you once the time runs out, if you're like, okay, I actually want to see what this person looks like or I'm interested, then you see the profile and boom, you you just had a blind date on Tinder. So it's like I speed dating. It. It's blind speed dating and it's done from the comfort of your home. So you're not going out to a bar, but like I'm a huge advocate for blind dates. Obviously, that's how Michael and I met. I never even looked at no. a picture of him. No. I was like, I trusted my sister. She's like, I but think you'll like him. that's not really a blind date. That you get set if up your somebody. sister sets you up, it's not a pure Baloney. blind date. I hate to tell you that. Come I don't want to be bad news bear I here. didn't see his picture. I did not look at one thing but about your him. Sister but like your sister knows, like, your vibe, yeah, what it's you want. Not a, we you didn't guys, mean to tell you this for about 10 date. years. It's not a pure blind date. It's not pure blind. How, well, how, I don't understand how much more blind you can get. Like, I didn't know what he looked like, no, and I went on a date with him. Your sister is basically you, and yeah. so <laughs> she knew him. So it's a, it's a, even better than a setup. It's a family, it's a sibling setup. And that's not blind. I guess it's not complete stranger blind, but it was blind to me. Can we agree to that? Yes. No, because... No, Anyways, no. no. Okay. We're standing firm. No. Let's get you it. To stand firm. Gosh, Tanya, I talked about this Tanya come to my side. No, she has on my side on this. <laughs> but it is. A, it's like the age-old question of it's. I'm. I'm starting the new season of Love Is Blind right now, season two. And I always wonder. I'm like, do you need physical attraction to really fall in love with somebody, or can you fall in love with somebody without seeing them, and then you're just going to love them because you're attracted like to their that. personality? No, you. You. Ha- yours was like a blurry date. It was like a. Not 2020 date. It was like a, a far-sighted date. It was not a blind date. <laughs> anyway, can we explain yeah, to me how it works on Tinder, though? So that's how it works. You start these little, like, fast chats, and then if you... For example. Are, if, for example, like, what do you like to put on your whatever, on your cheeseburger? And then they answer. Oh. Like, you start kind of, like, figuring out, like, Swiss, if you have Gruyere, certain things that you diamonds. like. And then you decide, okay, I'm intrigued. Let's go. Let me Let me see your picture. And then from that point... 
then you actually go on a real date. If the is that one of the questions? What are one of the what's one of the legit questions? Some of the ones I got was, is it okay to wear a shirt blank many times without washing it? Or I like to put ketchup on blank. Um, you know, and you go from there. Eggs. What would you put ketchup on? I never put ketchup on eggs. Ew. Ew. Oh, that's so good. So Patty, you and I would have obviously. (laughs) (laughs) I want somebody to try this though. Erica. Well, well, you can't just call in people from the other room. He's like the only single person on the show. First of all, there's a lot of people that I'm sure are using it on the apps. Like, this is probably popping off right now. Is there a way for you guys to access one of these without it being us so that we can do it together? Mm, Erica. Is she on Tinder? <laughs> I right, well, think then, so. All right, well, here. Let, what do I have to do next? So, let, me do, let me go ahead. You're do, limited with it? this because they only, and this is a kind of cool feature too, because Tinder's only allowing this blind date feature to be available between 6 p.m. and midnight. So that's the time that you go in to really lock it in with whoever okay. you kind of, you're going to so match with. Y- you conspire with Erica at some point in today <laughs> or tomorrow, and let's actually try it, okay? Shay Mitchell joining us here, 102.7, KISS FM. Uh, well, it is public, so we shall uh, we do know. So congratulations. Uh, your second baby, right, on the way? Second. Second baby on the way, yes. I Well, first of all, congratulations. How are you doing? How's it going? Good. I mean... Yeah, it's good. I think I'm distracted by the first one, so it kind of makes it easier. You know what I mean? When I'm running around, I'm like, where's, like, I don't have time to think about what's going on right now. I'm chasing after an, a two year old. So, do you find yeah. that you know how to chase better, though, after you've chased before? 100%. 100%. Like, now I'm like, okay, I know exactly how to feel. This is good. Yeah, I feel like a pro this round. Like you, you we'll the see. drill down. And a your bit. pregnancy well, style is on point. I must so what, say. Is, what is the style, Sisney? I mean, the fact that you're rocking crop tops is like, it makes me want to have another baby because I'm like, I need to step up. <laughs> I need to step up my pregnancy game. Also, like, why not? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I hit this for six months. Now I'm going to let it out. Like, Good for you. <laughs> yes. How about your Atlas, the uh, name of your other child, is such a great name. We saw that name. We're like, oh, what a beautiful it's simple. It's not long. Everyone can spell it. It's strong. Yes. It's unique. Beautiful. So thank you. It, it's obviously difficult to come up with a name like that, isn't it? It is. But honestly, I don't know. At least for us, when we heard that name for the first time, we're like, boom. We didn't even question any yeah. other name. We, we stopped looking. It was just that was it. And for her middle name, actually, I saw it on Twitter because a bunch of fans were like, I wonder what she's going to name her. And then I saw Noah, and it was spelt N-O-A, and I'm like, that's really sick. Let's do that for her middle name. So that's kind of how that came about. So I'm constantly checking Twitter to see what people are saying. Um, I, we do have a name for the, for the next one, so I feel good about that. Is it related to Atlas? Globe. Globe. It's globe. That, it's, yeah. Yeah. It's sphere. Sphere. <laughs> sphere. <Baby> sphere. <laughs> We thought maybe math, Hemis- but then globe just had like a nicer, like, yeah, it was just a little meatier. Hemisphere. Uh, all the- well, there, we were talking the other day, Sisney, about there was mm-hmm. an article we read that some names are illegal because they're universal words or terms. Yeah, like, for like example, king and queen. You can't. But wait, there I'm are, sure people have the name queen. But I've technically heard a lot of they say it's illegal. I've heard king before, too. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, well, you can't name your baby with a letter. Like that, you can't spell oh, you mean Eric like a, with an eight. Like a number, a number too. Sorry, with a number. You can't name your baby with a number, like eight and Eric. You Interesting. Know what I mean? mm-hmm. That's the research we do here. Shame Thank you. Thank you for yes, that. You're welcome. 
Um, all right, season two of Dollface is streaming on Hulu. Yes. And The Cleaning Lady, executive producing that by uh, Shay, airs Mondays, 9, 8, 7. Mm-hmm. That's over on Fox. So you got a lot, mm-hmm. got a lot going on and personally. Hulu. Yep. And Hulu's. You got a lot going yep. on personally and professionally. But tell us about season two, which is now finally streaming. I am so excited. I mean, season two of Dollface, yeah, it was two years since we'd last shot it. So when I got to go back to set, see all the girls, see the character arcs of everything, it was just nice. I mean, Dollface is like kind of the opposite of euphoria if you will it's like the show you should watch after euphoria you know you go through like your whole anxiety roller coaster yeah. and then you turn on dollface and it's like a big hug and you kind of balance out again um but it's so much fun i mean it's literally the most relatable show i think i've seen just because it's you know kind of hyper realism it's mixed with friendship we're going through our 30s and i just feel like it's that perfect tier you have sex in the city you have mm-hmm. sex lives of college girls before like we're kind of in that millennial space and now mm. there's a show for me and my friends so it was what do you to relate to what do you when you look at the the scripts what do you relate to the most i mean i think kind of the the hyper realism parts there's a whole thing where like one of the characters is having an anxiety attack and it feels like she's going into a tornado and that's exactly what i feel like it is and it best describes it like just to be able to see it visually you're like that's exactly what's going on, you know, and you mm. kind of get to see yourself, your friends and your issues through this show with the characters. So that's what I think is so fun. Tony, this show is built for you, isn't it? I mean, this is yeah. like this is the period of life you're in. Yeah, it's really funny because I think we were talking either earlier today or yesterday about when you get into a relationship, how your friendships change. Because when I was single, yeah. I spent all my time with my friends. Like I was available 24 seven to do everything right. all the time. And then you get into a relationship and your time is, it's just not there anymore. And so it's kind of hard right. kind of navigating that season of life. Do your friends give Absolutely. you a hard time that you've disappeared on them? <laughs> to spend time with your boyfriend, Tanya? Oh, no. Well, no, not, they don't give me a hard time, but there was like a, a weird period where it was kind of like, where are you at? And I kind of had to just, step up and say, I know I'm not as available as I used to be. My friendships are really important to me. So let's make it work. That's great. Then you add kids to the mix and you never see your friends. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Season two of Dollface is now streaming on Hulu, the cleaning lady. So you're getting into more production, huh? Yes. Yes. It was great. You know, the cleaning lady was originally a show that I saw based in Argentina and I'd watched it and I was like, this is so cool. I'd love to put, you know, a, a, my sort of spin on it. And I met with the writer Miranda, who I partnered with, and we just kind of built out this whole arc for this character. And it was just great. I mean, especially being a mother myself, being able to put yourself in those situations mm-hmm. via the show and kind of say, how far would you go to protect the ones you love is basically what's going on in this. And it's a high stakes drama. It's, it's, it's based in Vegas, which is also fun. That plays its own character, you know, in and of itself. Right. Um, and it's cool to be on the other side. Sometimes like I'd see the call time, I'd be like, well, God, I'm not on camera. <laughs> like I can roll up in pajamas. <laughs> I can just give my notes. It's kind of a nice twist. Yeah, I'm like, I'll just sit there like, <laughs> I've seen all the other producers on my show, but um, no, it's it's awesome to be able to wear a different hat. And I think that's the thing that always excites me about anything in life, you know, um, is just to be able to try something new that I haven't done. Like that's yeah. kind of the best learning experience for me. I'm not very academic. I didn't love school. So I just kind of like to throw on the hat experience. and experience it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So but this has been really fun to be able to, to sit on the opposite side of the lens. Well, keep it up. Great to see you. We will uh, check all of this out and keep us posted on new stuff too, Shay. Congrats again. Great to see you. Thank you. Thank you, you guys.
Bye. 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 there. Well, from one superstar in music, Dua Lipa, to another. Angela Aguilar is joining us now once again. Angela, good to see you. Welcome back. How are you? I'm so good. So happy to be here talking to you. It's great to have you. We, gosh, I mean, Patty, when was she on last? It was, was it a couple years already? Yeah. You came in studio. I remember. Yeah. I came in for um, Bailes Tacumia, right? My, my yeah. tour. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm in here for Primero Soy Mexicana. I mean, for Mexicana Enamorada. Oh, my God. Too many, too many, too many albums. Because, well, it's so strange to be out on tour doing shows again. We're having to get re-ramped up and reused to it, right? I mean, it must be very exciting for you to be looking forward to all of these shows. Definitely. It's honestly a blessing. We didn't know what was going to happen in the pandemic. We didn't know if people were going to be scared to go to shows. We didn't know if people were not going to be wanting to go to shows anymore. And it was completely the opposite. I think people are super ready, super excited to be able to go back to a social setting and, and just like listen to music and enjoy it, you know? I was just reading last night, Angela, that the song Dime Como Quieres is the most played song ever in the history of Mexico. When you hear that, yeah. let, let me play a clip of that. <laughs> think about that for a second. Let me play a little bit for everybody to get a taste of so that song comes out 2020 and becomes the most played song ever in the history of a nation. Like, how does that make you feel? What do you think about? It's insane. It's Crazy. absolutely mm-hmm. insane. I had no idea this was going to happen. You know, Christian has always been a good friend of the families, and he worked with us in Caribe Sin Fronteras, and he came over here to the States with us, and he joined us for our tour for 2018, and he was always a good friend. And then we decided to do this collaboration, and then it became kind of like, an anthem for the pandemic. And it was like, you would see memes and videos and like, it, it was just an amazing thing that nobody expected. And I'm thinking we had your father, Pepe Aguilar was in here. It was a while back. I mean, all six, five of them came strutting into the <laughs> studio back in the day, own in the room, you know? And I know that you guys are, are close and you work together. How does it ever, does it ever, like, I know in my family, when we talk about work sometimes together, it gets intense. Does it ever get intense with the two of you? You know what? He's my manager, my producer, and my father. So mm. it's, it's, you know, it's a lot, it's a lot but he's amazing. And I could never ask for anybody better than him to, to manage me and to take me under his wing. Literally mm-hmm. everything that I'm doing, he's done. And literally everything that I'm going through, he's gone through, you know, my, my father is amazing. And it's, and it's crazy to be like, I don't know, something that happened at the Latin Grammys where I was singing or at the Grammys where I was singing. It's like, Hey, how do I do this? Or how, how do I work this? Or, or what, what do I do in the carpet? Like, you know, and just asking your family for, you know, advice is the most amazing thing ever. And it's crazy because I have my whole family that does it. So they can all help. Right. And you turned out just great. So, you know, it, it's all working, right? Yeah. I mean, you, Angela Aguilar is with us. You just turned 18. Is that right? I just turned 18. Yeah. So how do you look at your future now? What does it look like to you? 
Oh my gosh. I just I just wish to be happy to be doing what I still love to do, which is music and to continue to spread Mexican music all around the world. I want to try to do something a little bit different. You know, I'm Mexican American, born and raised in Los Angeles, California, so like literally I want to I don't know, maybe evolve something, make some mariachi but with English or try to try oh, to wow. change yes. Yes. Of, of what we already have and right now I'm super honored and it's a privilege to be nominated for so many things at, at, yeah. at a young age. Just I'm just very happy, very excited and very grateful. Well, listen, so many people look up to you. They love listening to you, connecting with you, relating to you, and they can do it in person. So Enel Aguilar is going to be on tour in Los Angeles, March 20th at the YouTube Theater in Inglewood. Tickets are available at Ticketmaster.com. So make sure you check that out. And when you're uh, nearby, come by. We'd love to see you in person sometime. Oh, my God, that would be a true honor. Thank you very, very much for your time. So happy. And I'm, I want to invite everybody for this amazing Mexicana Enamorada concert. It's like basically a Mexican show that we're going to be singing. Uh, I'm going to be singing a lot of my grandmother's songs, Flor Silvestre, wow. a lot of my family songs, and a lot of my, my own. So I'm, I'm very excited to see you all there. That makes it so special yeah. to have generations mm -hmm. of family music sung by you at your show for your yeah. generation. Very cool. You're so yeah. talented. Thank you so much. And I'm very excited. I'm going to say really quickly, I'm very excited because my dad hasn't played at the YouTube theater. It is my first time <laughs> playing there. Before so, your dad. Uh, yes, he plays, he plays at the forum all the time. And it's yeah. a difficult time, but I'm playing somewhere that yeah, he hasn't. You, <laughs> <laughs> you own that. Keep him out that <laughs> night. Um, well, thank you for coming on. Good luck with the tour. We'll see you soon, okay? Thank you so much. I appreciate y'all. Thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Angela Aguilar there. Her tour in L.A. March 20. Tickets at Ticketmaster.com. That will be a fun show when she talks about the, all the different eras of the music, too, right? From the family. Very cool. And I haven't been to the YouTube Theater in Inglewood. I well, hear it's, it's in, amazing. It's in SoFi, no? Yeah, it's mm -hmm. the one right yeah. there next to SoFi. So it's brand new. On Air with Ryan Seacrest. Ryan Seacrest with you, Tanya, Patty, and Sissini this morning, Wednesday, midway, just past the midway mark of February here. Let me grab Michelle. Good morning, Michelle. How are you doing? Hi, I'm great. How are you? Good. So you're calling about yesterday's hack, which we do at 655. Yes. Most of them are kind of interesting, and some of them aren't. But I try and find the best one. Now that was yesterday's was a good one. Okay, so yesterday we said for a happy and long relationship, this is a word you should never use. And the word is should. Like don't say right. should. It's demeaning. Mm. So in a relationship, it's typically used to express how we want our partner to behave. We're telling them how they should respond to something. And that's not good. It's a judgment should. Mm -hmm. So go ahead, Michelle. Well, okay, so I have a degree in psych, but I'm not a therapist. First of all, just putting that out there. But it's actually a really simple reframe. So if you take should and you change it to could, it becomes a suggestion. So if you say you could try it this way or you could, blah, 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 it gives them the choice that they maybe want to do it that way and let them think about it in a different way without judgment. No, could is better than should. Mm -hmm. Could is yeah. better than should. I think where we were going, and again, we are just therapy patients. We are not therapists either. Mm -hmm. But sure. what, 
where we were going was, hey, if it were me, here's what I would have done. Or if I if if I were in your shoes, I mean, it's a, I think it's like you have to put their shoes on to understand from their perspective. Right. But maybe you would give them your perspective. If it were me, here's how I would have looked at it or thought about it and see if that creates a good, healthy dialogue. I'm sure there's a better way, but that's just my it's my first initial I like thought. could. Could is better than should. Mm-hmm. I think what, well, you could have yeah, done. Yeah, what happens well, you, with could. But you got to be careful is, how you say it. Oh, yeah, yeah, Because yeah. you can't say, yeah. well, you, you, well, you could have been on time. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, no, that's terrible. Instead of, I mean, but you, you could have actually shown up. I mean, that's bad. Oh, that's bad. If it were me, I wouldn't have missed it. That's also oh, bad. That's the so way bad. you say it. If yeah. it were me, I would have been early. No. <laughs> no. It's kind of how you say it too, yeah. isn't it? Like nothing works if you say it the wrong way. Well, Michelle, are you in a very great relationship? Uh, no, I'm very happily single. I've been single for about three years. And yeah, it's a lot. I, it's a, I like that you're happily single, of, though. That's a lot of upside. A lot of upside. Well, but the good thing about being single for a long time is that you can look back at the mistakes you've made and listen to your friends talk about it and very objectively learn other ways to handle the situation. It's true. And so I use it with my friends a lot. Well, you could mm. say this or you could because I'm not telling them what to do. I'm not mm. judging them for doing the way that they did. One way and to I look at if it, it is. Were me, yeah. 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 But if you say if it were me, then they're like, but I'm not you. Right. right. Well, one way to look at it is, yeah, it's, look, it's, it is how you say it, too. Well, Michelle, thank yeah. you for calling. Yeah. Stay happy. You're and so welcome. We appreciate you listening. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Okay. Full moon tonight. Tonight's moon is called the snow moon. Cute. Because it's typically a snowy time of year. That's really it for a lot of the country. That's why. Um, yeah, the snow moon. Ram spray starting in a little bit now, 11 o'clock. Started at a shrine heading uh, down Figaro to the Coliseum. It's going to be a huge rally in Expo Park. USC students, it's going to be a crazy day on campus. Mm-hmm. Enjoy. All right, before we get into 50 minutes nonstop, the trending report. So you said this Hollywood it girl. Yes. Which I'm not so sure we should be using it. I think it sets people up for failure. Really? It girl? Do you want to be the it girl? No. She's the it. She is. Sydney Sweeney is the moment right now. She's the thing right now. I like moment better than it. Like okay, it. so we'll go, we'll go with moment. We'll go it with is moment. like resolution, right? Setting yourself up to okay. fail. Okay, so uh. she is the moment right now. So she plays Cassie on Euphoria, and she was on The Handmaid's Tale and then went to Euphoria and... Um, Sydney to, Sweeney. Sydney Sweeney went to White Lotus. Sydney but why Sweeney. I wanted to talk about this was because she was talking to British GQ about this casting director that told her that she will, and I quote, never be on a TV show, and that quote, she didn't have the right look. So cut to, she's on some of the biggest shows on television right now. All at the same and time. <laughs> all at the same time. And I just, I feel like I wanted to share the story because I feel like sometimes your path might not be the straight, straight path to where you want to be. You know, like she had some bumps, she had some some curves in the road, but she has the last laugh because look at where she is now. And I kind of was wondering if you guys had any situations or any experiences where you kind of were told something similar like this. Of course. We talked yeah. about it before. I, mean, I told you I was told by a TV producer when I was 18, you'll never work in television mm-hmm. because I didn't want to sign a contract that tied me up for life. Right. And so never, never, never. Greatest motivator ever, ever, ever. Exactly. Preach it, brother. 
I was told that my personality was too much for people. I was too much and I was a cartoon character. But see, that if someone has that clear of a y- yeah. y- you, not you, then you just are so suspect of it. Mm-hmm. What about yeah. for you, Sisany? At the very beginning, uh, the the PD that I worked for in San Diego program wouldn't director. The program director wouldn't give me the time of day. I would sit outside her office for hours with air checks, which is basically like a demo of me talking on the radio. She would listen to two seconds of it and tell me that I was horrible, not give me any feedback. And it was it was awful. And I ended up becoming a DJ for a country station because the top forty station wouldn't hire me at the time. Oh, we could do that one day. <laughs> yeah, let's go country. <laughs> but see, it was uh, not the straight. It's not a straight straight arrow. It's right. a little curvy. She went but to then, country but, and came but back. But those doors like open because then I'm like, I was able to do so much more at that station because it wasn't so competitive. And that's where I really grew and like worked on my craft and got better and better and better. And then eventually made it back. Well, and look, now you moved on. You were hired here by John Ivey. You became his favorite, the teacher's pet, for so many years here at Kiss FM. <laughs> now he's and now gone. now you're the best friend to the new program director. Wow, look how the tables turn. On air. On air with Ryan Seacrest. Tomorrow with an all-new Ryan's Roses. She had to work on Valentine's Day, so she and her husband celebrated a different day. But did he also celebrate it again? Did he have a double celebration with a different person? That's the roses tomorrow, 740. Until then, take good care. Thanks for listening to On Air with Ryan Seacrest. Make sure to subscribe, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow.